You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. If you want to be as visible as possible right now, then you know that PR is the best way to maximize your credibility and expertise. Former journalist and PR expert Nicola Rowley is hosting a free three-day challenge from incognito to interviewed, starting from Monday the 19th of June at 10 a.m. This challenge is for you if you want to know how to get started with PR, how to harness publicity to help cement your expert status or drive sales in your business, and how to start feeling more confident to put yourself forward for opportunities. And it's not too late to join. You can sign up at go.njrpr.com forward slash challenge and be in with a chance to win some great prizes. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. How many of you feel like it doesn't matter how much time you put into your business, you're still not quite where you want to be. You feel like sometimes you're on a hamster wheel where you're doing all the things, but you're not actually moving the needle anywhere and you've not got more money coming in. I know that I've felt like this before in those early days. If you're still feeling like that now, you're going to love this week's episode because I have Kelly Cookson with me. Now, Kelly is brilliant at teaching you smart marketing, which are ways to make more money in your business while working less. And so we're going to have a conversation about how you can do that because it's so important. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Hi, Lisa. I am so excited to be here and talk about being positively productive. <laughs> so important that we're productive. I want to go back first because I love your story. Like me, you come from a, a fairly humble background. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just been chatting and Kelly's Kelly's whole family were bus drivers, which I love so much. But Kelly's not a bus driver and neither was her mum. So tell us a bit about how your mum influenced your you going into business. Thanks. So she will kill me for saying that she was a bus driver. <laughs> and the funny thing is I didn't even learn to drive till I was 30. So maybe my bus driving career was doomed from the start. But um, the point I want to make around that is with the right support around you, you can do anything, right? Because I have come from a very normal background. In fact, my bus driving parents, they were bus drivers when they met. They um, split up when I was eight. And then uh, my sister and my mum and I went to live with her parents actually for a little while in a really small bungalow. So when I looked at my life and the people kind of around me, they were very normal people doing very normal things. Like nobody was an entrepreneur. Um, and you can imagine like the kind of salaries that my family were bringing in, like nobody was bringing home like loads of cash. Right. And then when my mum and dad split up, my mum actually started to forge her own path. So as a child and then a, a teenager and a, a young you know, woman, I've watched her kind of re-evolve herself and she has been my inspiration. So she actually went back to um, university well, start with A-levels because she never got those. So went back to school, retrained, actually ended up getting a PhD in organic chemistry of all things. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And she did that whilst having my sister, like younger sister. So my mum eventually met my stepdad at university and, you know, they got together and had my little sister. So there's like my mum there doing a PhD with a tiny baby on her lap and all of that stuff and juggling. Then she ended up working chemistry for a while, but then retrained as a financial advisor. So now she's a chartered wealth planner and she does all of her finance exams, um, again, with three kids and all of that. So when I looked at making the leap from my corporate job, 
And, you know, just to be transparent with your listeners, I didn't have any savings. I haven't come from money. My mum's done all right now, but nobody's given me cash to start a business or or anything. I actually had debt because I'd gone back part-time after having my daughter. So, you know, maybe I should have tempered my spending a little bit, but I didn't. Anyway, so I had debt, no savings. Uh And when I said to my mum, right, I'm thinking about, I'm going to go freelance as a marketer. I'm going to do this for my, um, you know, business what do you think and she just looked at me she said Kel you'll be great at it like go ahead do it and I was like okay if mum thinks I can then I'm gonna do it um and also my husband was super supportive but yeah I've come from nothing really and yeah it's so amazing when you've got that kind of um support around you and someone to look up to and it's it's great to hear it because one of my big reasons for doing what I do, and obviously I I feel very relatable to your mum because I feel like we had the same path. And I mm-hmm. decided after a divorce and after having two kids that I was going to have to reinvent myself mm-hmm. um, and went to university and got my law degree and all of the things that came after that and started my business. And a lot of the time when I'm doing things that are hard, I look at the kids and think that they're watching. And, mm-hmm. and you were watching and look yeah. what it did. It helped you become an entrepreneur because you saw somebody else that showed you that it was possible to become anything you wanted to be. And I think that's really important for us to know because when we're doing things, our kids are watching. So mm-hmm. we need Absolutely. to make sure that we're showing that we can do anything. And so they can also do anything, which is amazing. So you then started up your marketing business and mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago, actually. Um, the grand scheme of things that you did that and have worked really hard to make over six figures yeah which is awesome you know like such a small percentage of businesses do that in the first few years and you've been Mm -hmm. able to so uh, well done on it thank you what I want to know is at the beginning you know you talk about being positively productive Mm -hmm. I'm presuming that when you started you did what all of us do and do all of the things and not really very far (laughs) yeah absolutely it's a rite of passage we have to do that (laughs) yeah so what changed for you well I had a light bulb moment that light bulb moment and it happened about six months in so you know when I started this business I was a marketer for hire I took on anybody and everybody that came to me and that was great and like most people I was vastly undercharging and then the pandemic hit. So, you know, I couldn't have ever planned for that, but I left my job, started cheer up marketing day one on the 1st of January, 2020. <gasps> so I only got like three and a bit months in and then, um, you know, no childcare. So my daughter at the time was nearly three. Oh, so anyway, we all know what that was like, but it wasn't what I'd bargained for. Um, so I was working more hours than I wanted to. And thanks to having to look after a toddler all day long, whilst my husband, his work was still going ahead. So he was leaving the house. But, you know, I had a very limited time to work on the business and get my client work done. So I had to make it work by getting up really early, working early mornings and then late at night when she'd gone to bed and so on. So it was hard. But um, six months into that, I actually got some coaching because I'd never even thought about having any coaching before, by the way. Like in my corporate career, that just wasn't something that we did. Like, yeah, yeah, personal development was just learning to use a new pair of software, a bit of software or maybe management training or something. But um, I got a little bit of coaching and she asked me some really interesting questions about what it is I actually wanted from my business and my life. And, you know, I just thought about money until that point. I just want to match my corporate salary. That's all I need to do. And I did that in month one. So I was like, yes, I'm successful. This is it. I'm doing it. But of course, was hustling quite hard and not charging enough. So I started to think, um, well, what actually is it that I want? And this like kind of word of freedom and this image of a bird like flying and all this stuff came up. And that ultimately led me to... um, 
canceling 90% or letting go 90% of my clients because the work I was doing, I didn't enjoy it and I was undercharging and I kind of created a rod for my own back. So I, I dumped, dumped for better word, <laughs> all of those clients, bless them. They went, and then the next month I made barely any money in my business. It was one of those moments where you're looking at the bank balance like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Um, but from that point, I fully committed to take this new route, which was actually around um, email marketing. I niched into that. So I just do this. I do copywriting. I do it for this kind of particular client. And that meant that those ideal clients were magnetized to me because it was so clear what I did. And then it kind of took off from there. And I ended up, of course, doing one to many. <laughs> uh, that would have been April 2021, where I then created a, a group program and things took off from there. So, yeah, thanks to you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's amazing here is that you had the foresight quite early on in your business to say, we need to look at life design. Most people don't do yeah. this for years. And, and it, I'm passionate about it. I really want people to understand that before you start a business, you need to say, what do I want my life to look like? Mm -hmm. Because we often do this. I did this in the wedding business. You know, I didn't think, oh, what do I want my life to look like? I want to travel around the world with twins. Like that didn't happen. I was just like, I need to make money. I need to make as much as I made in my job. And therefore... Mm -hmm did all of the things to all of the people and my life didn't look at all what I would have wanted it to look like and it was only then once I'd already got myself wrapped up in that that I kind of went oh god now I'm gonna to have to untangle this because this is not what I want life to look like or business mm -hmm. and you did that really early which is rare which allowed you to then be able to go well let's actually look at what I really want and it's one of the biggest coaching questions that people ask like I've had coaches I've got one now and she constantly says to me what do you actually want because I think it's really easy for us to just go off and do a load of stuff without stopping yeah. even last Absolutely. year I was in the exact same position I was doing all mm -hmm. the things and then someone asked me on a boat what do you actually want Lisa and it changed everything because I realized I didn't want any of the things that I was doing. And so it's brilliant that you've done that. So you then worked out a way that you could actually work a lot less time mm -hmm. and only be doing the things that were going to generate the money that you needed rather than all the things. What did yeah. you drop? Well, I dropped a lot of the done for you stuff that I was vastly undercharging for. And I dropped the stuff that I could do you know, with a bit more research that sat outside of my zone of genius. Cause I was just a marketer for hire. Yeah. I'll write your website. I'll write you a brochure. I'll do these social media campaigns. I'll create a paid for LinkedIn campaign and all that kind of stuff, which I could do. And I'd done it in my day job, but actually in the day job, I would normally outsource those kind of things. So I got to the level where I was like head of marketing. Right. So I was doing things just because I could, which meant that when I, cause I time track everything, I realized that I was spending so long doing work that was sat outside of my zone of genius. So clawing back hours and hours of time by just saying, I don't do that kind of work. I do this one thing like email copywriting strategy. I can knock out a launch sequence for you really quickly, which is amazing. And we'll get your results because it was in my zone of genius. So there was that way. And then I think the second thing was I've done a lot of reading and research around like productivity and what works for me. And I've read a load of really awful time management books. <laughs> that are there are many out there. <laughs> don't have kids, right? Like, old dudes, old white dudes, but I did ultimately tap into when am I most productive? And 
getting really strict on blocking in time to work on my business, not just on client work. And this is the trap that I see a lot of um, my clients fall into. Those other marketers or people offering a done for you services. Yes, you have to do great results for the clients and get that work done. But if that's all you're focusing on, then you will just tread water um, because you can't develop your own business or create anything new like a group program. Um, you You'll know, never grow, will you? Because exactly. the things we're doing in our business now on the marketing front means that we often see those results in around six months time. So if yeah. we do anything for six months because we're working with clients and in six months time, we've suddenly got no clients and no way of getting them because the, the pipeline has gone. Mm-hmm, exactly. So important. Yeah, so I made time for that. I got really um, focused on what it is that I wanted my business to look like. And, you know, it was scary because I'd never done a group program before or um, moving more into just offering one thing, like putting yourself out there as I do this and then turning down all of the other work that people kept bringing to me. And I did turn it down. And every time you look at the money and think, oh man, maybe I should have took that. But I was really strict with myself and realized that no, it's going to take me too long to do it because I don't really want to do it. (laughs) And like I'll put off doing it. So why not just stick to the work that I really like and make sure that it gets done and that I put in that, like, like you said, invest in your time basically to grow the business to what you want it to be. It's important because then when you do get it there, everything becomes easier. I have people mm-hmm. coming to me that say, you know, I can't do passive income and I can't grow an audience because I've got all of these one-to-one clients. How can I do both at the same time? And I'm really realistic with them. And I say, honestly, you're going to have to drop some of those one-to-one clients to be able to make the time to do it. But in the in the long run, this reason you're giving me that I don't have any time, I don't have any time, that's what you're doing it for to make mm-hmm. more time. And so at some point you've got to make that decision to do what, less of one thing, to do more of another for the long-term gain. And I think it's really easy to look at short-term gains, like accepting the money from a client that you know you don't really want to work with because you can see the money. It's like, surely I shouldn't turn that away. But by thinking more long-term stability of your business, it's easier to turn things away that yeah, and it still happens now. I literally had it last week where I had somebody come to me and actually it's someone I used to work with and he's great and we would have been a great team and it would have been fun. But actually the the kind of work is not in my zone of genius anymore. And I knew that oh, it's really going to be a lot of the time investment and energy from me. And as much as I like him, I can't fit it in right now. So I turn that down in the money and it's like a test. Every time that I'm looking at creating something new in my business or you know scaling in some way, I feel like the universe throws a test at me. Like, here you go, Kelly. Are you going to take this money or are you going to turn it down and actually do the thing you want to do? Um, yeah. like, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it properly. Mm. And how much that's paid off. Like, it's been well worth it. You work around 20 hours a week. Is that right? Yes, correct. So 20 hours a week to make six figures is no mm. mean feat. That's a, a pretty amazing thing to have done. What tips have you got for people that are like, I am doing okay, but I'm working all of the hours and Mm. I'm nowhere near six figures. Like what are the things they should be looking at? Well, step one is to track your time. So I mentioned that I do track everything. I use an app called Toggle, Toggle without the E on the end. And that actually I started using in my um, previous job in marketing because I needed to know what, how much time myself and my team were spending on various product projects, right? So you do that, but I carried it over into my entrepreneurial life. And I'm so glad that I did because if you don't know where your time's going, then you can't figure out what to eliminate or what to delegate or um, even how much 
hourly rates you are making from client work. So I track everything. So if you're not doing that, that's the first thing to do. And then the second thing is to look at, well, that bigger, that longer term vision. So you're rightly, so exactly what you said about the work and the marketing that you're doing now pays off six months down the line. So where do you want your business to be? Like, I'm looking at what, how do I want to finish 2023? Basically, what do I need to do to get there? And you'll know like what your your passion projects are, where the direction you want to take your business. So you're listening to this podcast, maybe it's you want more passive income, right? So what are the steps you need to take? You have to put the time for those steps in your diary. And if that means squishing the time that you've got to do client work or letting some clients go or not spending hours scrolling on social media, like I'll lock my phone in the car when I have important work to do, <laughs> then so be it. You've got a time block and prioritize basically. And get a VA, the amount of my clients that come to me and they haven't got a VA yet. I'm like, how have you managed to get to where you're going like without a VA? Like, just get one, two hours a week. I did it, I think the six months into my business actually, so which, yeah, and looking at the monthly uh, outgoing, you think, oh my goodness, I, I kind of need that money because at that point, you know, it's kind of a little bit hand to mouth with the business. But um, I wouldn't have got to where I am today in terms of the creation of the new services and the ideas without giving that admin over to my virtual assistant. Um, so I think outsourcing is good. Delegate, people hate delegating. They're so terrified mm. of delegating. And, and at the beginning, it seems so scary. But once you've done it, it changes your life because you talk about zone of genius a lot. We, as entrepreneurs, when we first kind of start a business, we think all of it's our zone of genius and it isn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're the marketer, we're the salesperson, we're, we're the VA. And that isn't our zone of genius. And we often think that if we delegate something out, it's not going to be done as well, but it's always right, done yeah. better. Yeah. That's Hire someone better than you, for sure. So my VA, when I first kind of interviewed her, if you like, I was like, look, I need help. You've obviously worked with online business owners. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Please, can you help me? Tell me what where I can be better with this, where I can streamline. And then the other reason people don't want to outsource is, well, it only takes me two minutes to do it. So I'd rather, I might as well just do it myself. All of those two minute tasks, one, they take you out of what you should be doing and it can take you 20 minutes to get back into the the stream of creativity or whatever it was that the just sending an email or just doing an invoice took you out of. Um, And all of those two minutes add up. So, you know, the, the two hours a week that my VA does for me now, sometimes it's a little bit more if we're a bit busier. But it's all of those itty bitty jobs that I don't have the headspace. I don't want to give the headspace to those things like she needs to take them off me. I am not the uh, admin yeah, person makes, in my business anymore. Makes sense for someone else to do that part of things. Tell me about, you're a positive psychologist. Yay. Tell me how that helps in your work now. Mm, okay, so positive psychology, it helps in so many ways. I think the two main ways to maybe pull out in this chat is around motivating. So what actually gets you out of bed in the morning to keep going because entrepreneurship is a wild ride and it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Um, And then I think the second side of it is when you are feeling, um, I don't know, we all get like low mood or down in the dumps or feeling frustration or those kind of negative emotions that maybe slow you down or, or make you feel like things aren't going right to kind of have a toolkit to counterbalance that. So when we talk about positive psychology, it's not all about being like 100% full of joy and yay and like bouncing off the walls and all of that. Although great if you can get to that point, but it's about being able to bring yourself back up when the negative emotions start to like come to the front. Um, And what I thought was really interesting when I was learning and doing all of my training around this was you have you as a human being. 50% of how positive you are is set by your genetics, right? So you can maybe look at your mom and dad or their parents and see, are they glass 
are full people or are they a little bit like Eeyore? So maybe sometimes that's been passed down to you. And only 10% of um, how positive you feel is influenced by your external circumstances. So, you know, maybe like your living conditions or things that are going on in your life. So it actually has a very small kind you of influence. You can see that though, you. can't you? Because you see people who are really down on their luck. Yeah, but they're happy. still happy. Mm-hmm, absolutely. There's been loads of studies on it. Like they've surveyed people living in India in slums and actually that, kind of living situation only has that 10% sway on how positive they feel. So that leaves 40% of how positive you feel day to day within your control. So as soon as I heard that and I was thinking, oh my goodness, if I can sway this, so the days where I am feeling tired or, you know, not really myself, what can I do to get back on it and maximize the time whilst my daughter is at school? Cause that's when I'm working. And then I also read that 20 to 30% of your performance. So thinking about your business performance is influenced by how positive you feel. So you put that together and you think, right, if I can influence this 40% of how good I feel, that's going to give me a 20 to 30% positive boost in terms of how productive I am at work. Well, it, it felt like that was something I needed to know how to do. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it makes sense to do it. And this isn't about toxic positivity we've talked about toxic positivity before on here where everyone tells you to just be on high vibe all the time it doesn't matter Mm. what's going on isn't about that you can still feel your feelings and find ways in a toolkit to try and make you feel better in in essence yeah and when we talk about positive emotions it's not like joy is one of them but it's also around kind of having hope for the future so think as being an entrepreneur feeling hopeful is something that you've got to have otherwise what's it all for why are you running this business and going through all of these trials and tribulations like hope that it's going to give you the lifestyle that you want or the money that you want or whatever you've got to have that um but there's also the feelings of um kind of serenity and peace you know that's a positive emotion so to tap into that is really powerful it's not just about being like happy clappy all of the time yeah because no one needs that no it's impossible (laughs) it's impossible so if you were to give a tip including like if you think about you you're a positive psychologist you're brilliant with positive productivity and getting Mm -hmm. people to be more productive have more time if there was one thing you wish people would do or wish people would know what is that one thing that you want to get across oh that's a good question I think in terms of being positive and how that can impact your work and get the most out of the day I think it's how you start your day so most people or a lot of people start their day by, I don't know, getting to their laptop or if you do, got the school run to do like I have, crashing at your desk, opening it up and diving straight into your inbox or your messages, that kind of thing. Never do that. So instantly what that is doing is giving anybody that sent you an email or a message asking for something, they are now controlling your time for your morning or maybe even the rest of the day. Do not look at your inbox would be my main tip. So get in there the night before, know what you're doing as soon as you sit down to your desk. So I never just crash and open my laptop, sit down and get going while I open the inbox. I always know, right, this morning I am going to be making that sales page live or I'm going to get that email sent out. The things that are moving the needle in the business, right? So that would be my my main thing. Don't let other people control your day by checking in with those emails and those requests on you. Leave that till after lunch if you can, or um, I don't know, have a whole email free day if you want to. I think nobody ever made any more money from answering all of their they emails. Do. You, so <laughs> you right. just get more emails. You just get more. And, and I think people see their email almost as if a to-do list and it isn't. And mm. often we start doing things, not even when we sit at our desk, but 
as we wake up in the morning, we grab our phone. The first oh, thing yeah. we look at is emails or social media. And actually, mm-hmm. those things are rarely going to make you the money. What is more important than that? Think about that thing. You're so right. What a brilliant, brilliant tip. And if everyone just left their phones downstairs when they went to bed... Or that, locked it in the car. Yeah, or <laughs> locked it in the car. I've never locked it in the car. I think it's a brilliant idea. I won't go, I go through phases. So it's so <laughs> addictive, though. They're geared for us to keep touching them. And like yeah. even with all of my preaching about how productive I am, I still know it has a hold over me. So if I find I'm going through a phase where I'm like, I'm spending way too much time on this phone, I'll lock it in the car at six o'clock at night and not get it out till school on the next day. So can't touch Love it. Love that. That's <laughs> a good idea. Thank you for being here today and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, if somebody is thinking, you know what, I really need to work out how to be more productive mm-hmm. um, and how to do things properly, where is the best place for them to find you? There's tons of stuff on my website, including some free trainings that link in the marketing, the mindset stuff. So if you go to cheeropmarketing.com slash free, you can get all of my resources there. Or I talk about it all the time on Instagram. So at cheeropmarketing, and I'm also over on LinkedIn, Kelly Cookson. So my DMs are always open. Like, tell me um, what you think of this session and, you know, ask me for tips. I'm always there to give advice on this sort of stuff. Brilliant. We'll put those links in the show notes as well. Thank you for being here, Kelly. And thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. Do always let us know which has been your favorite podcast and what you think about it. We always like to hear from you. And I'll be back next week with another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.